are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are going bowling in the Big Ten Conference. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, December 30th, and first... To begin today's show, a birthday shout out to my mother, Lynn Stevens. A very happy birthday to you, Ma, and give my mother a gift today on her birthday by giving me the gift of a five-star rating and a review and subscribing to the show wherever you get your favorite podcast. And we go bowling because the bowl season begins for the Big Ten Conference today. Wisconsin takes on Wake Forest in the Dukes Mayo Bowl Brighton early on this Wednesday. We have a preview and give you some picks for that game later in the show with our dear friend George Blecci, a sports reporter and anchor at NBC 15 in Madison, Wisconsin. But we are also now just 48 hours away from the college football playoff semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State. We preview the Sugar Bowl, the battle of two versus three from both teams' perspectives. Here to preview it from the Ohio State outlook for the huge game on New Year's Day, it is Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes, a pros pro, a resident of this podcast when it comes to two for now, three for Wednesdays as we look ahead to the Sugar Bowl on Friday. Jay, great to have you here. Great to have you back on the show. Big 10 Ben. I love being back. Happy to be back. Happy birthday, mom. I want to say that to you as well. Not my mom, Mrs. Steven, Mrs. Stevens with a PH, but Ben's mom with a V with the last name. Happy birthday. And I'm I'm excited, Ben, for this matchup. We're looking for it literally since last year. And I'm curious to see what the Buckeyes do on the field on Friday night. It has been just about a year since last year's 2019 college football playoff semifinal. Clemson victorious in that one, 29 to 23. It has been plastered on the Buckeyes weight room all offseason long. They have circled this game. They have wanted revenge against the Tigers. It has now been 11 days, Jay, since the Big Ten title game when the Wildcats of Northwestern lost to those Ohio State Buckeyes. And now as the Buckeyes have been prepping for this college football playoff semifinal in the Sugar Bowl, where do you think this team stands at the moment? Hungry eager and ready to get on the field. Those are the first three things I can think about when talking about where the team stands. Also, Ben, it always helps when you get a player like Chris Olave back, not just with a team on the practice field and preparation for the game as well. I mean, future NFL, uh, future NFL talent, uh, first, second round draft pick, probably in the upcoming draft if he comes out. So there's a lot of good things that are ready there, but driven, eager, hungry, ready to play. Those are the things that come to my mind thinking about where Ohio State stands when looking forward to and preparing for the game on New Year's Day. Chris Olave was one of those 22 players not in action for Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, but due to the Big Ten's new rule, shortening the 21-day return to competition to just 17, he should be ready to go for the Sugar Bowl on Friday. We'll have to wait, I think, a couple more hours until we get the final roster for Ohio State as they have throughout this college football season, but they should be back to close to at least full strength for the game against the Tigers. Now, has, there has been conversation about a guy who played the Big Ten title game, but also dinged himself up a little bit, Justin Fields, in his thumb on his throwing hand. The quarterback himself has said he is good to go. He will be set for Friday. Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, has said Justin Fields is just fine. Are you concerned at all about the injury level of Justin Fields' right thumb for the matchup against Clemson? Absolutely. You want me to be honest? I think you want me to be honest, Ben. Absolutely. I do always. At the end of the Big Ten championship game, it was very aware, and you could tell he couldn't throw the ball. I mean, he couldn't do it. Now, I do like, and I, I have, have it on record, that I do like having less time in between the conference championship games 
in the bowl game or the semifinal game. But this one thing here with his hand injury on his throwing hand where he couldn't throw the ball, I am a little uneasy because I don't know what it, what's going to happen. And I do understand defenses, not just at the collegiate level, pro level, even high school level. If you have an injury and they can legally go about and try to make your injury hurt you or hinder your effectiveness on the field, they're going to. So may it be, I'm not saying you're going to come in to get a chop down on, on the arm, but it's football. It's in sports in general. If a player has an injury, you want to try to exploit it, not hurt, not, not hurt him any more than what he's already hurt, but maybe you, you, I'm not going to describe anything, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that hand injury there on his throwing hand, I am a little uneasy because I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know there are signs that even if that hand injury prohibits him being able to be a passer like that he wants to be, there are other good things with the Buckeyes that I think Fields and the offense can utilize to move the ball. Justin Fields can use his legs, a guy that certainly used his legs in that Big Ten title game, Trey Sermon. Preach. He filled in for Justin Fields when Justin Fields was a little bit hindered by that right-throwing thumb injury. So, as we look at this matchup against the Clemson Tigers, as we dive into the X's and O's for this 2020, 2021 now, because it will be on New Year's Day, rendition between the Tigers of Clemson and the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Clemson ranks third in the country in scoring offense. They are sixth in total defense. They are stacked across the board. But, Jay, in your mind, is there an area that Ohio State can try to exploit to have success on New Year's Day against the Tigers? I'll say exploit, but the one thing I believe that the, de- the defense needs to do, and I'm not saying like there is any ifs, ands, or buts about it. The one thing the defense needs to do is get pressure up the middle in the interior of the O-line of the Tigers. You have Tommy Togiai, Haskell Garrett. I have called them the disruptors the entire season. Haskell Garrett, Tommy Togiai to me in the Big Ten um, uh, all conference, uh, all conference teams awarded, uh, announced by the coaches and the members of the media. I think they were, um, let's use the word, not given the proper due to how they played this year. I'll, I'll, I'll make it be politically correct. I could have <laughs> used something else, but I'll be very nice with how I feel that they were awarded and voted upon based off how they played this 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 year. Tommy Togai, Haskell, Garrett, getting that pressure up the middle. That only messes up with Trevor Lawrence's vision. Doesn't only mess up with where he wants to move in the pocket, but it limits Travis Etienne and how effective he can be with in the rushing game. Pressure up the middle, Ben. I think those are that's one key area where you not only hinder Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and their effectiveness, but you help out the secondary. That at times has shown that they're vulnerable during key points in games. Haskell Garrett may have been overlooked slightly by the Big Ten coaches and media in the postseason awards, but he was on the All-American teams when it came to the Associated Press. So Haskell Garrett getting his due there. So Ohio State has keyed in on this game. They have wanted the Clemson Tigers, and now they get them. New Year's Day, the Sugar Bowl against number two ranked Clemson. Jay Stevens, what is your score prediction for Friday's Sugar Bowl against the Tigers? Buckeye fans, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. I don't think Clemson right now, they're averaging 44.9 points per game. I don't think they'll do that against the Buckeyes. You may like that, but I am leaning more towards a 35 to 27 finish in the game. Clemson beating Ohio State. Ohio State has shown that they're vulnerable and where they're vulnerable at times, Brent Venables does dial up defenses, well-timed blitzes, 
that I think at times will hurt the Buckeyes in this game. The interior of the O-line that I mentioned for the Tigers, the Buckeyes need to do that to try to hinder how effective Lawrence and ETN are. The interior of the O-line and pass pro for the Buckeyes has been a problem. Ben, you, you saw it in the Indiana game and throughout other games this year, the interior of the O-line and pass pro has been a problem. Britt Venables knows that. A big guy in the middle for the Tigers named Brian, Brian Brzee, he knows that. Uh, the linebackers, name escapes me, it's right here on my paper. James Skowski, he knows that. Interior of the O-line on both teams will be very, very important. And I honestly think, man, the Buckeyes season is over at, on Friday. It sucks. You see my tone change. Mm. Not happy to say it. I would love for it to be a different outcome. Go back to the 0-2, 0-3 championship. I know it's a different level, not for the Natty, but the Buckeyes are 14-point dogs to the Miami Hurricanes in that game. Came out victorious and a double overtime win. Maybe it takes two overtimes in this weekend's game to beat the Tigers. I'll be a happy camper if my prediction is wrong. The last time Ohio State was in the Sugar Bowl, a guy named Ezekiel Elliott was running in the backfield for an Urban Meyer-led team, and it was on their way to a national title back in 2015. We'll see how that plays out against Clemson in this year's Sugar Bowl against the Tigers on Friday night on New Year's Day. Your score prediction there, Jay, by the way, 35-27. That would cover for Clemson. According to the spread, our friends at betonline.ag have it right now. The Tigers, a seven-point favorite in New Orleans on Friday night. Jay Stevens giving you the energy. You can see it. He is ready to go for the CFP semifinal between Ohio State and Clemson. Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes, keeping it locked with everything we need to know Ohio State football all college football season long I hope we get to talk one more time Jay during this college football season we'll see how it plays out on Friday yes sir I hope so as well New Year's resolutions are right around the corner and the perfect place to start is by focusing on your diet and the perfect place to start with that is with Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever it is truly a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar the taste is incredible and it is even deliciouser now. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors that include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And the bars, all of them, all 18, the original or the new ones, are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. It feels like you're eating dessert each and every time. You listen to those flavors and you feel good about what you're eating because Built Bar is not only tasty and delicious, it is also very good for you. Built Bar is perfect for the health-conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in delicious treat. If you're looking to get your new year started on a good foot on a healthy foot built bar is there for you the bars are low in calorie low in sugar but they are high in protein and high in fiber so go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you'll get 20 percent off your next order what a perfect way to start off the new year with built bar by your side to keep you feeling good about what you are eating and 20 percent off to keep a little more money in your pocket to start off 2021 as well use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today begins the Big Ten Bowl season in earnest. And betting on college football throughout this bowl season or college basketball or whatever it is doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. The guys at Locked On Bets are on a hot streak right now throughout bowl season. They've won like eight straight. They are giving you winners each and every day. You can get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers each and every single day when you subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you 
by betonline.ag, wherever you get your favorite shows. Some picks coming up in our final segment for the Duke's Mayo Bowl today between Wisconsin and Wake Forest. Also some predictions for the college football playoff semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State. And now it's time for the Tigers perspective for Friday's Sugar Bowl. And now to give us the outlook of the number two team in the land, the Clemson Tigers for New Year's Day's Sugar Bowl. It is Ellis Tolbert. He is the host of Locked On Clemson, providing us the outlook of how Dabo Sweeney and company head into the college football playoff semifinal. Ellis, glad to have you on the podcast, making your Locked On Big Ten debut. (laughs) Pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate you having me on. So let's get right into it. As I mentioned, Clemson, of course, ranked second in the country, 10-1 record, the ACC champions. And we all know about the loss to Notre Dame about midway through that season, but without Trevor Lawrence. And since Trevor Lawrence has been back, Clemson is rolling. Three straight wins, including that ACC conference championship. And Trevor Lawrence himself, over that three-game span, 306 passing yards per game, five touchdowns through the air, three rushing touchdowns as well. It seems like this Clemson team is rolling at the right time, heading into the CFP semi. Ellis, if you had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, where does this team stand right now? At this point, I would say an honest 8. At one point, I think Clemson was probably teetering close to 9, 9.5, they were playing Georgia Tech, putting up a lot of points. Everybody was super excited about that. Then you had Trevor go down with COVID, two-game skid there. You mentioned being out for Notre Dame and Boston College. Really, really hurt Clemson. I think they took a dive in that area. But coming back, I think once you got him back, you had the week off. You did not get to play Florida State. Had another week to really game plan, reflect, uh, and, and do all the things that he did necessary. This team has started to peak again, and we saw a little bit about that Uh, in the ACC championship game. I I think they're going to carry that over into this Sugar Bowl. A lot has been made leading up to the Sugar Bowl with the talk coming out of Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney and some Ohio State fans not exactly loving what Dabo has to say. Ranking Ohio State 11th in his final coaches poll, he also said earlier this week he still considers Ohio State one of the best teams in the country and a team capable of beating Clemson and winning a national title. What have you made of all this surrounding talk around the bowl game this Friday? There's two sides of this. It's a very good question. Uh, One side, you have Dabo going out there saying he put them at 11 because the clarification was they did not play enough games. He said it didn't matter if it was Michigan or USC or anyone else. He didn't think that if you did not play enough games, say 10 or 11 games like everyone else did, quote unquote, uh, he thought that you did not deserve that. He understands that Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. But I think from a coach's poll standpoint, he was just think not thinking anything. Hey, this won't matter. It is what it is. The other side of that makes me feel like it's one of those, um, I, I guess you could say bravado, confidence. He feels like, hey, I put them there. I know that this is going to get out there. Maybe I'm signaling to someone, this is why we're saying this. We think that we're a better team and we're going to have a great game against Ohio State. Listen, Dabo loves to talk and hype up his Clemson Tigers. He often goes out and tries to build narratives around a Clemson team that has been ranked at the top of college football for the last couple of years. And he often says they don't get the recognition they deserve. If it is what Dabo does. It doesn't surprise me heading into this matchup. But Ohio State, on the other hand, has circled this game ever since last year's 2019 semifinal loss. They posted up the 29 to 23 score in their weight room all offseason. They have been looking for revenge against Clemson. What do the Tigers make of this matchup against Ohio State? I think it's keeping the tradition of winning. (laughs) I think the goal for Clemson has always been win the opener, 
win the state, win the conference, win the closer. So it doesn't matter who's in the way. It could have been Texas A&M or anyone. Their mindset is win this game because they want to get to the closer, whatever the closer may be. Um, now, they know just as much as Ohio State knows. <laughs> Ohio State loses this game last year, and they're saying, we're going to circle it. We're ready. You've heard a lot of talk out of Coach Day, some of the players saying, hey, we're ready for this game. I've been preparing for this game since last year. But so is Clemson. I think they come into this game thinking, hey, a lot of people thought that we shouldn't have won that game. There's a lot of controversy with calls from the refs, um, a lot of plays that happened here and there. You know, the football move with Justin Ross, a lot of people were upset about that. I think this right. year is a leave no doubt year for the Tigers. They want to come in and really make a statement. As we dive into the X's and O's of Friday's Sugar Bowl, what is a key matchup that you are highlighting you think Clemson might be able to take advantage of against the Buckeyes? Right now, I'm going to say the Clemson defensive front seven against the Ohio State offensive line. I feel like all year Ohio State's having to bring in different personnel packages to be able to mitigate some of the pass rush from other schools. Justin Fields holds on to the ball a little bit. We know that he's an elite quarterback, but sometimes he gets baited into situations where he's holding on to it to make a play. Clemson can get adequate pressure and be able to you know, make them have to take away a tight end and Ruckert or Farrell, bring them in to block, have six people along the line. I, I think Clemson could win this game uh, pretty comfortably early on if they can get that pressure. Ellis, you are a college football guy. I'm sure you've been seeing Justin Fields this year, and in two of his most recent three matchups, he has struggled. What do you make of the Ohio State quarterback heading into the Sugar Bowl against a vaunted Clemson defense? I, I just think it's film. Everyone goes through this. We saw it a little bit with Trevor Lawrence last year. Uh, you know, first year coming in, for all intents and purposes, Justin Lawrence, Justin Fields is a junior, uh, but he's only been starting for one year, one year and six games, to be exact, 20 games. Uh, I think it's one of those deals where people just have film on him now. You know what he's going to do. You know what his tendencies are. And some of the schools in the Big Ten were able to work on that. Plus, this year is a wacky year. It's a COVID year. Uh I think things have just not really been in his favor. However, he's still passing for about 72%. Uh, so the guy is really good. I think coming into this game, if he has an off night, kind of like he did against Northwestern, that could bode terribly for Ohio State. But I imagine with all the hype going into this game, with all what's online for this Ohio State team and the respect that you mentioned earlier, I, I just have a hard time feeling like he's not going to have a great game in this one. So let's dive into the score prediction for Friday's Sugar Bowl. As it stands right now, our friends at betonline.ag see this as Clemson, a seven-point favorite. Do you think the game is closer than that? What is your score prediction, Ellis Tolbert, for Friday's Sugar Bowl between Clemson and Ohio State? BetOnline AG, they're definitely coming in looking at the rosters. They want to see what's going to happen with the depth chart. Is Ohio State going to have the full array of players? My opinion, I think that's very close. I think Clemson covers this with a little bit more. I'm going to say 38-24 Tigers. 38-24 Tigers. That would be a pretty decisive win for Clemson, would set them up for most likely, we think, a national title bout against Alabama. Ellis Tolbert, the host of Locked On Clemson. I hope you felt this was a friendly atmosphere, although you are talking to a Big Ten podcast previewing Friday's Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah, definitely. You guys are professionals. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Again, you know, it, it's nothing personal. I just feel like in this season, in this moment, what we've seen last out of these teams, I feel like they're both heading in different trajectories. I have the Tigers winning. I would have to agree with that. If you look at the conference championship games between both teams, although both victorious heading out of their conference with a title, it seems they're heading in different ways into the Sugar Bowl. We will see how it plays out on Friday. Ellis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Ooh if you're not fired up, 
for the college football playoff semifinal after listening to both Ellis Tolbert and Jay Stevens, then I don't know what's wrong with you. And I'm going to ask you a very simple question that better get you fired up as well, because are we ready for some football? Are we ready for some meaningful college football? College football is in the thick of bowl season, and there are some big matchups starting today, but especially on Friday as well with the college football playoff semifinal between the Buckeyes and the Tigers. The NFL regular season is also finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer by the moment, and there is only one place, one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that one place is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. As you know, after our preview from both perspectives for Clemson and Ohio State, two versus three in the Sugar Bowl, the college football playoff semifinal, the Tigers are a seven-point favorite as our friends at betonline.ag see it right now. That over-under total as it stands for Friday night Sugar Bowl is at 66 and a half. We are expecting some points and a lot of them on Friday night in New Orleans. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action with betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It is three for Wednesday here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Three for because we are about to get to George Belecchia, sports reporter and anchor at NBC 15 in Madison, Wisconsin, to preview the Duke's Mayo Bowl. But Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchise. Tony Wiggins and James Rapine are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh into the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance from this past week, or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Hello, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. So that is football on the professional level. This is football on the collegiate level. Bowl season football. Big Ten gone bowling. And it starts today with a Duke's Mayo Bowl. Charlotte, North Carolina. The Wisconsin Badgers in the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And joining us to preview the game and give our picks and predictions for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Only one like it. George Belecci, one of my dearest friends in the world, a sports reporter and anchor at NBC 15 in Madison, Wisconsin, here to pick between Wisconsin and Wake Forest. George, so great to have you on the podcast. You are our third to last guest this year on Locked On Big Ten. They say you save the best for last. I know this is not the instant right now, but it's understandably so. When I share the same conference as a Silicon Valley exec, Sometimes you got to let the founder of the Fortune 500 company get some party in there too and have some fun as well. The 19th straight year, Wisconsin is going bowling, one of the longest streaks in the FBS. It's a beautiful thing. And what better way to bring in year number 19 and end 2020 than with the bowl game no one's ever heard of before, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Like, this is what dreams are made of, Ben. I was in Pasadena last year at the Rose Bowl. No, no. (laughs) The Duke's Mayo Bowl is the ultimate destination. Just wait until 2035 when the college football playoff is played there every single year. The CFP is going to be the Duke's Mayo Bowl and the Cheez-It Bowl that was played last night. That is what we have for the future of the college football playoff. But if there was one man born to wear a gray sweatshirt and play and coach in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. His name would be Paul Chris, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. And his Badgers are a 10.5-point favorite, as our betonline.ag friends see it, in this game against Wake Forest, the over-under total 51.5. George, 
Do you like mayonnaise? Are you excited to maybe eat mayonnaise early in the morning? Because this game is a 12 p.m. Eastern kick, 11 a.m. Central for me on the West Coast, 9 a.m. Pacific time. We get mayo bright and early on this Wednesday morning. Yes, I love mayonnaise. No, I'm not excited to eat it unless it's on a delicious sandwich for my favorite spot. Uh, Vinny's back home, you know, a nice mm. Italian slub. You slap, you slap it on a little oil and vinegar and Italian seasoning, but I am excited for this. I, I was surprised because last I saw the line was Wisconsin favored by seven and a half. You told me 10 and a half. I'm not sure what's happening with Wake Forest. They're only about 80 miles away from where this game is being played at Bank of America Stadium. But for the Badgers, they're flying in. They got in today. This isn't a regular bowl season, Ben. It's as if it's a normal away game in the sense of 2020. But even with all that, they got to travel farther. They're more shorthanded on offense again. It doesn't sound like Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis have been practicing at all from what Paul Chris told us earlier in the week. But Jalen Berger is back. I still do like Wisconsin favored by 10 and a half because they have one of the best defenses in the country. And Wake Forest has a great offense, averaging 37 points per game. But they've faced two top 50 defenses this year one of those being Clemson, they've averaged 17 points a game in those games. But they also scored a bunch in garbage time against the Tigers. So you all take that with a grain of salt. I like Sam Hartman at quarterback. I think Wake Forest has talent, but I just think the Badgers have superior defense. That's why I actually do like them being favored by 10 and a half. So you like Wisconsin not only to win this game, but to cover that hefty margin of 10 and a half over Wake Forest in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. I like the spread, you know, like you said, I, I just spread. found out the mayo, the spread. Ha-ha. Perfect. Oh my god! I can't, I can't wait to see Paul Chris just eating mayo by the spoonful on the sidelines mm. instead of drinking Gatorade and water because that's how you stay hydrated at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I I do. I just don't know if the Badgers they will cover if they score more than twenty four points. Can they do that without Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor? That's where I think it's tough. But I do see them winning. Like if it was twenty four. 13 the final i wouldn't be surprised so you know what yeah give me the badgers they cover be decisive right there i wonder you know in the famous idaho potato bowl they do the gatorade bath but it's not gatorade it's french fries i wonder if in the duke's mayo bowl it's just a gatorade container full of mayonnaise that is dumped on the winning head coach we will have to wait and see until later this afternoon wake forest what? Just picture that happening, how slow like mayonnaise comes out of the jar. So you have a gigantic Gatorade thing. You're going to have, if I were to give it to any guys, I would see it being like Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Loudermilk behind him, yeah. maybe Jack Sanborn, and they just dump yeah. it on Paul Crisp. That would be heavy too. That's a lot of mayonnaise, man. Yeah, that wouldn't feel good. I'd rather have the French fries from the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Wake Forest, though, has only played twice since November 14th, and both of those games were losses. But it's also very hard to be – Confident right now in that Wisconsin offense that we've seen as of late from the Badgers to end out their year. In their final four games of the season, they scored a combined 40 total points. They scored more than that in both of their opening two wins against Illinois and against Michigan. 45 against the Illini, 49 against the Wolverines. So the offense really hasn't been great to end out the year. But like you mentioned, getting Jalen Berger back, who's averaging more than five yards per carry, that will definitely help ignite this Wisconsin offense. I look at the other side of the ball, though, and that's where I think the game comes down to. The Badgers defense is still awesome. Seventh best in the country when it comes to scoring defense. Ninth best in the nation when it comes to opponents' yards per point. Wake's offense, though, averaging about 400 yards per game, so they can move it. The quarterback, Sam Hartman, for the Demon Deacons has been good this year. 238 passing yards per game, 10 touchdowns, and only one interception. And that Wisconsin defense does like to take the ball away if they can. Wake Forest has the 14th best rated and graded 
offense by pro football focus across all of college football. So I expect Wake Forest to be able to move the ball and put up some points, but I think the Badgers defense does enough to contain Wake overall. They win the game, but I must say here, I believe Wake Forest covers that hefty 10 and a half point margin. It opened up at six and a half. Wisconsin was favored, but it has gone up by four points up to 10 and a half. It was around seven. I probably would take Wisconsin, but up to double digits. I think Wake Forest covers. Wisconsin wins the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And then we await to see the Gatorade bath full of mayo poured over Paul Christ. Yeah, and I, I do like Sam Hartman's game. I mean, he does have a good arm. As a redshirt sophomore, he is experienced. I just don't know if he's seen a defense like what the Badgers present. And Christian Smith, <clears throat> the running back, we'll see how he does with Kenneth Walker opting out. They do have a good receiver in Jakari Robinson, but he kind of seemed like their main guy, like their sole weapon. So I think they are, in a sense, not as potent of an offense as they have faced, especially when you think about when they took on Indiana and teams like that, even with Northwestern and the different looks that Mike Bajakian threw their way throughout that game as well. My one thing with Wake Forest that is interesting, and you know, Leo Chanel, we were talking to him, he pointed it out. So to Eric Burel, that Wake Forest running game, because that's really where they start at. Instead of the downhill hat on hat, just man on man, we're going to throw run the ball down your throat kind of approach that the Big Ten has this is more of a patient zone running scheme. So it'll be like a dance between Wake Forest and Wisconsin, Wake Forest offense and Wisconsin's defense where Wake Forest is playing the lead. Now, I can't dance, so I don't know if that's the right analogy there, <laughs> but Wisconsin's defense is going to have to step back a little bit, be more patient in their reads and somewhat let the plays come to them. The big part, you, you point out all the yards Wake Forest get. They also average 75 snaps a game. High-powering, high-paced, fast-paced. They want to get the ball, run as many plays as possible, and the big thing is getting those reads in, snapping the ball, and catching someone out of position that's had big plays. So that'll be the challenge for Jim Leonard, reeling the plays in, making sure his guys are set before the ball is snapped. So I think that's where it comes down to. But likewise on that, Wisconsin dominates in time of possession. You mentioned Jalen Berger's back. Garrett Groshek's coming off a career-high 154 rushing yards. So, they're, I mean, what is Wisconsin football end of the day, Ben? It's one of the Round best running games. Yeah, one of the best running games you'll see ever at any level. You know, there's still, there's fullbacks are still residing. Like Mason Stock is yeah. having a phenomenal season. So yes, like, nothing's changed there. So, what the Badgers do with that, if they can run the ball, if the play action pass is there to help Graham Mertz open up his reads, they'll dominate time of possession. That's why I like them in this one, too. One of the biggest knocks I have against Wisconsin for this game, and especially when you look at that rushing attack, Garrick Groshek does not have his mullet anymore, a huge travesty, as George Belecci pointed out to all of us following along with George on Twitter. George, that was some excellent analysis. The analogies that you provide, really, second to none, and that's why we love having you on this podcast. George Belecci, a sports reporter and anchor at NBC15 in Madison, Wisconsin, one of the final guests to round out the year on Locked On Big Ten. Always a pleasure. Ben, I, I'm not upset the mullet is gone. I'm just smiling that it happened. Thank you there as you always go. having me on, my friend. And George joining us today, one of my favorite guests to round out the year coming up on tomorrow's episode, two of my favorites in the podcasting world when it comes to the Big Ten Conference as well. Lucy Rodin and the host of Locked On Hawkeyes, Andrew Wade, to give you a full weekend preview of the Big Ten in this bowl season. The college football playoff semifinal between Ohio State and Clemson. The VRBO Citrus Bowl between Northwestern and Auburn. And the Outback Bowl between the Indiana Hoosiers and the Ole Miss Running Rebels, plus some Big Ten hoops picks as well for your weekend. So until we talk tomorrow on the final episode of the week, the final episode of the year 2020 on Locked On Big Ten, have a splendid Wednesday. Enjoy the bowl game.